Before we get going with today's podcast, I just want to jump on here for a second and personally invite you to a one-off brand new masterclass that I am hosting on Thursday the 16th of May. How to scale your online business to six figures and beyond. So if you are a course creator, a membership owner or a coach, then this is for you. I'm sharing with you my most effective strategies to become the go-to person in your industry and grow your online business. I will cover how to build your audience, how to craft an irresistible offer and how to master your launch strategy so that you will know the most effective way to grow your audience and build your email list fast, know how to craft an offer that your audience will love and create a launch that fits with you and enables you to sell with ease. And why should you come and listen to me? Well, I started doing this almost 10 years ago and the very first client I worked with back in 2016, I helped him launch his very first membership. He had a done for you product and a one-to-one product and we created a membership. In his first launch, he got 130 members, bringing him in about 60,000 in income every year. Now, He has built a suite of online products that is bringing him in way over six figures every single year. This is going to be an awesome masterclass. You're going to get so much good stuff to take away with you to be able to use in your business. So to grab your free place, go to TeresaHeathWearing.com forward slash masterclass and I will see you there. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast, episode 84. You are listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast and I'm your host, Teresa Heathwaring. If you're a marketer, business owner or entrepreneur that is frustrated and overwhelmed with all the constant changes in digital marketing and social media, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Each week, I share with you easy, insightful and actionable steps that you can use to grow your business. So let's get started. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. How are you this week? Okay, I have got a great episode for you today. It's an interview. I'm going to jump straight in talking about it. We're not going to waste any time. I know how valuable your time is, and I want to get to the good stuff. And there is loads of good stuff on this one. Now, this week, I get the absolute pleasure of interviewing the very lovely Tiffany Lee Bymaster who is super generous with all the amazing information she's giving us and cram-packed full of ideas. We're talking all about doing live video and she is like the live video queen. She's a huge fan of it. She's very passionate about how all businesses should do live video. Uh, Slap my wrist there, Teresa, because I don't do many. I do live videos in the academy, which is now open, by the way. Woo, exciting stuff if you want to join. Uh, head over to TeresaHeathwearing.com forward slash academy. That was a completely impromptu mention. Uh, And then I realized I went into like commercial mode. I'm sorry. Okay, I'll carry on where I was now. So as I was saying, Tiffany is a massive fan of doing live videos. And you know what? Why not? Because I am a huge fan of live videos. I might not do them as much myself. However, from a marketing point of view, what they can do for your business is phenomenal, but hardly anybody does them because they're so scared of doing live videos. So in this episode, we smash through all the myths about doing live videos and Tiffany talks us through how you get to do a live video, what you should do, how you should do it and how to get over that fear. 
And you know what was super interesting? When we talked and when I interviewed her, I thought to myself, oh, we're going to talk strategy in terms of, right, press this button, do this thing. But actually, after working with thousands of students about live video, the thing that Tiffany knows better than anybody is actually that is like the tiniest bit of the reason people aren't doing it. And the main reason is the fear that we are all terrified to go on camera and do lives. So I share a very funny story, or I think it's funny anyway, of a live video that I watched of a very dear friend of mine, and I'm sure he won't mind me sharing the story at all. But I just wanted to kind of let you know about the fact that live video doesn't have to be perfect. And Tiffany talks about this too. She shares some of her experiences as well. So hopefully by the end of this episode, you will not only feel so much more comfortable and confident about doing a live video, but also you're going to feel like you have the tools in place in order to do that too. And she gives you some good ideas about what to speak about as well. So like I said, this episode is going to be a great one. It's jam-packed. So let me tell you a bit more about Tiffany. So Tiffany Lee Bymaster, aka Coach Glitter, isn't that the coolest name ever? Literally Google Coach Glitter, you'll find her, has worked in the production world as a makeup artist, wardrobe stylist and designer for nearly two decades in film, TV, commercial and fashion, as well as with top online marketers, authors and speakers. Listen to this of kind of some of the stuff that she has done. She has worked with... Things like The Real Housewives of Orange County, America's Next Top Model, The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, TV channels like Bravo, VH1, MTV, ABC, CNN and Fox News. Like, hello, that's amazing. But for the last five years, Tiffany has built her own personal brand from the ground up. So she went from that business and then decided, I want to do something else. And she talks about that in the episode So Tiffany is now known as a blogger, consultant, and a top affiliate marketer, educator, and camera confidence coach. She has an online course called Lights Camera Branding, where she has worked with thousands of students and combines her vast knowledge and experience working behind the camera, helping her clients look and most importantly, feel their personal best. Tiffany is obsessed with coaching her students to gain clarity in their brand messaging, skyrocket their confidence on camera and increase their visibility through the power of live video in the online marketing space. I also know Tiffany because she happens to be one of the coaches for the James Wedmore Next Level group that I'm in and I have seen Tiffany speak and I've watched her stuff and she really is an expert at this and her enthusiasm is infectious. So I will leave you to listen to this episode. Please do come and let us know what what you think. I know she's very excited to hear from you all and I hope you enjoy it. So I am super excited today to welcome the very lovely Tiffany Lee Bymaster to the podcast. How are you doing, Tiffany? I'm so great. I'm so excited to be here. Honestly, so am I. Not only is your bio amazing, and we're going to get into that in a minute and what you've done, but also the subject that we're going to talk about is something that is very close to my heart because I think it's something that so many businesses can do and should do because it's so easy and free and and it's the, the barriers to entry can be quite low. So I'm really excited that I think lots of people are going to get loads of good stuff from this day. So but before we get started, if my audience haven't heard from you and don't know who you are, if you could just tell us how you got to do what you're doing now and a bit about you, that would be awesome. 
Yes. So I have been in the online space a little over, well, it's kind of like this long journey, right? I started off just kind of dabbling and way back on MySpace and Twitter, even before Facebook became a thing. And but prior to that, I mean, I was working as a professional makeup artist, wardrobe stylist and set designer for film and television and commercials and fashion. That's how I started. And that's what I used to share in the beginning. But it was only four years ago, almost exactly four years ago, that I literally got shoved in front of a camera that was doing a live video because it was one of my clients who has a huge brand and she was tired of hearing me talk about doing live video. And at that time, four years ago, live video was just starting out. Brand new. Yeah, but I it was months and I kept on talking about it and had not taken action on it. So we were at a huge event. She had downloaded Periscope on my phone <laughs> And handed it to me and said, you're live. And oh my gosh, it was the messiest, the ugliest live video anyone has ever done. (laughs) I didn't even realize that I still had it playing and I put it in my pocket because we had to run off stage. It was on for at least a good 10 to 15 minutes in my pocket sideways. You can hear our conversation. We're running to catch our car, to leave this giant stadium. And that was my first live video. So if anybody can survive doing that terrible of a first live video, then anybody can. But since that day, four years ago, I have not stopped. And because of that, it created a completely new trajectory for my business and my brand. And today, just in the last three years, because of that one amazing, crazy, horrible live video that I did in the last three years, I have shifted my entire business, my brand. I'm no longer working on production sets. I no longer work 18 hours on films and televisions. I have created a complete online business and people forget that it's only been a few years but I have been relentless and I haven't stopped. And today I help other online business owners, entrepreneurs who have a personal brand business, grow their following, grow their engagement and grow their businesses and their launches to have more effective launches with the power of live video. Amazing. Now, some people might be sat here thinking, well, you were in that industry. You were, you, know, <laughs> you, you knew what TV was like and people presenting and stuff, but actually you were behind the camera. Like you were oh. Oh, yeah. behind the camera. So to, to transition and turn that shift into putting you in front of the camera must've been just as scary as anybody else doing it. Absolutely. I mean, there were no photos. There were no videos. I mean, I didn't even want to take pictures. Even to this day, and I kind of am proud of this, so I don't want to switch it anytime soon. Even to this day, I have still never done a proper, a real, quote unquote, real photo shoot, like a branding photo shoot. All of my photos are selfie timer photos, or they're literally still shots, screenshots from videos. Yeah, it's it's not my thing. It's not my natural state to want to be the person in the limelight. And I had never done any kind of video prior to that first terrible janky live video four years ago. But I knew even through the fear, I had this little tickle of a like a, a little wish, a little dream. <laughs> and it was barely a glimmer of an idea, barely a glimmer of an idea. But I had been thinking about it and thinking about it and not taking action on it. And I'm just getting older, just doing my thing. And I loved, I mean, I was a very successful top 2% in my industry 
in the production world as a makeup artist and wardrobe stylist and doing amazing set design work. But I knew there was something more for me. I had no idea what that was though. But I literally had just this faint glimmer of an idea of like, why not me? Why couldn't that be me in front of the camera, especially on social media and in in the online space? It's not like television and commercial and film where you're the celebrity or you're the actor or you're the talent. Mm -hmm. What I love about social media is that we have this amazing opportunity that we all have this platform that regardless of who you are, what you do, what your niche is, how weird it might be. And I love the weird ones. It makes us stand out that all of us square pegs, we ha- this is our space. This is our platform that we yeah. can make a mark. And that is what I saw early on. But it took me a long time to get over my fear. And I was so driven by fear. And when I allowed that fear to be the thing that held me back, I wasn't creating anything. I wasn't helping people. I wasn't impacting. But because I did that first terrible, awful live video... Yeah it got that initial fear out of the way. And it's so much scarier in our heads than it is reality. I totally agree. And the funny thing is, you doing that first dreadful video, which sounds (laughs) hilarious, it it did it then, didn't it? It was done. You know, it wasn't like, it was the fact that you took that first step and it's always the first step that's the hardest. And you know what's really funny is I have I have a great example of this guy years ago when I first started my business and I was talking about live video to small businesses and I was like, you should do it, you should try it. And this one guy said to me, I'm going to try it. And I was like, you should. It's a great opportunity for you. So he was a photographer. He went and did a live video. And what he did is he set up his camera and he had obviously hit record or hit play, as it were, and went live. And he'd got his laptop next to him because he obviously wanted to keep an eye on that it was coming through and that sort of thing. So what happened was we're watching this live video and he, it comes through and you hear it playing and he realizes he's on the side. Like literally the camera is playing on the side. And he's uh-huh. like, oh my goodness, I'm sideways. And like, we are howling. We think this is just brilliant. <laughs> He then gets up live, all still live, turns the camera around, goes and sits down, carries on talking. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. Can't believe my first ever live. I was sideways. Anyway, he was upside down and it didn't <sighs> correct. <laughs> yeah, you can't do it in the middle of your life. <laughs> Honestly, right. We were howling. And the, the thing that I loved about that more than anything is do you think anybody was like, I'm never doing business with him? Do you think people hated him or do you think it affected? No, if anything... I talk about it all the time. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. I it just showed how human he was. So it's like absolutely, it is what it is, and it and it showed him in his entirety. And he was laughing at himself, and he was like, "Oh God, can you believe this is happening?" But it was like if I wanted to connect with someone, the connection there was just brilliant because it was entirely, completely him and him being authentic. It was just brilliant. So I love that. The other thing I love that you talked about is the fact that you've worked really hard. And because I do think, and I don't know about you, and we weren't going to talk about this, but so we digress slightly, but I do think sometimes in this online space, and funnily enough, I was just telling you that, well, just before recording this, I've been at a conference all about online memberships, that sometimes when someone's at the top of their game, they paint a picture of how easy it is. And and it isn't that easy, you know, it's not impossible, but it does take work. So I love the fact that you said, you know, you had this kind of amazing career, you knew these very influential people, you did these amazing things. However, you still worked really hard to then build your brand up in this side. 
Yeah, absolutely. I have worked really, really hard to get my business started. And I can't stand that people paint that picture that it's so easy and instant and overnight. There's no such thing. Like none of us do this alone. None of us do this without, you know, the support and help and input from people who are a little bit further along ahead of us. Mm -hmm. And it certainly isn't impossible, like you said, but that initial getting started phase, that initial pushing your business, I always equate it to if you're on a bicycle with no gears at the bottom of a very steep hill, it's that Great analogy. initial momentum of going from zero to five miles an hour. That is where all of the dabblers and the wannabes and the entrepreneurs and the, yeah. I wish I could do this, the people that stay there. And then there's us who are relentless and they're willing to do it because there's a bigger reason at the top of that very steep hill to get that momentum started. And Mm -hmm. that initial momentum is going to be the hardest, but that is where it separates the people who are the starters with the finishers. Yeah. And I will never paint the picture that it was, you know, unicorns and rainbows and butterflies. Yeah. But it was one day overnight celebrity. Brilliant. (laughs) None of that happened for me. That is not my story. Not even close to it. And, but it's all worth it. And I wasn't yeah. killing myself. I'm like, you know, it could be worse. Like I've worked 18 hour days on set. So I yeah. know what hard work is and what we get to do in the online space. If you awesome. really are driven by what you, you know, by serving and helping people and seeing the results, it's worth it. Yeah. And I think the other good thing that you mentioned is that we're, it's not that we're not scared because boy, we're scared. <laughs> like, honestly, the first time we do anything, the first time we stand on stage, the first time I ask someone to come on the podcast, the first time I did a podcast episode, I'm just as scared as everybody else. But I think like you said, that's the, for whatever the drive is, whatever the goal is we're trying to get, that is stronger than our fear. Our why is stronger than our fear. And we, and therefore we do it. Whereas unfortunately, and such a shame that so many people just let that stop them at that point. Yeah. And if we just look at our own lives, think of all the times that you've done something for the first time where you, it's the unknown. Mm -hmm. And what our minds and our brain does is that we fill that unknown with the worst case scenario. And so what if we started shifting our perspective and instead of focusing on all the what ifs and the worst case scenario, what if we started focusing on all the amazing possibilities, the positive outcomes. And I know that our brains are not built that way, but we absolutely have a choice in how we want to continue to let our brains think and what it will focus on. And I've learned to do that, but I do everything scared. Every time I'm on stage, that is the hardest thing for me still. It's the most challenging thing, but I do it anyways. And every time I do it, I grow. I become a better business owner. I become a better human being. And I prove to myself, I literally say to myself, but I didn't die. (laughs) So how bad can it be? And I've had terrible, you know, like not the best performances ever or not the best talks, but still, yeah, I still better than not doing it. And it's still better than sitting in your home or your office wondering what could have been. And that is like the thing that drives me now because I've had so many amazing opportunities to serve, to really serve an audience and to help people that that's my driver and I'm willing to do it scared. I'm willing to do those live videos. I still get butterflies. And the beautiful thing is if you really pause 
to evaluate the physical manifestations of fear, what that feels like in your body, the butterflies, the nerves, the dry mouth. It's the same feelings that you get when you're excited. It's exactly the same. So you can choose to interpret it as fear or you can choose to interpret it as excitement. Like going on that first date, like remember the first time you went out with your boyfriend or your girlfriend or your spouse, how exciting that was. The first time you became a parent, how scary that was, but also exciting. And so with our businesses, it's exactly the same. You're always going to try different things and you take those little baby steps and we forget how far we've come. We forget what we have overcome, not just overcome, but we're not just surviving, we're thriving and we're able to do it with the fear. The fear is never going to go away. There is no day that you will be ready. But I always focus on, can I help one person today? Can I impact one person today? How can I show up to serve today? And it's, if you take your ego, our big fat egos out of the way, you will become a successful business owner because you stop making it about you. Yeah. And that is the thing, isn't it? It's it's about saying that maybe you need to do this for someone else. I remember having, I was very privileged and sat down and had a coffee with Amy Porterfield once. And obviously I know you know Amy. Yeah. while she was on her weight loss journey and she just, she kind of just started and Amy and I often had kind of good discussions about the whole weight thing and how that makes us feel. And when we stand on stage and not that I've ever really talked about it before, but it, it is a concern for me. And I am bothered about the fact of what that means when I'm on stage. And Amy said to me that someone had said to her, what if there's someone in the audience that needs to see you on stage like that? Like, and actually thinking about scenario, she was probably the person for me. You know, I needed to see someone like Amy stand on that stage. And obviously Amy went on a weight loss journey. She's lost an awful lot of weight. She looks fantastic. She looks fantastic anyway. She's beautiful, but I know she's much more confident and happier because of where her weight is now. But, you know, I needed to see her on stage. I needed to see her being successful and not letting that stop her. So it's the same with everything and everyone, isn't it? So even if one person sees you do one thing and thinks, actually they did it, I I could do that or me to do it. I just think that's a wonderful thing. And I know with video and with speaking on stage and just having more visibility in general as online marketers and brands and, and agencies and all the things that, you know, the beautiful people that listen to your podcast, that we are so in fear of other people's judgment but maybe the very thing that you're scared of, you know, maybe not being the size or the whatever dress size yeah. you think you will magically all of a sudden become so much more confident if you just can get to that dress size. Crazy. And the thing is, that is what people need. I cannot tell you, and I know this is a podcast, so they can't see, but you know, <laughs> I'm um, Korean, I'm Asian American, and I hear from so many other business owners who are also Asian and say, I don't see enough of us out there. Like, thank you for putting yourself out there. And I never even stopped to think about that. When I was growing up, I didn't see a lot of people that look like me. And now I get to be that for so many other business owners as almost a side effect. I didn't even realize the impact that I would make in that way. And if we held ourselves back because we're not our goal weight, if we held ourselves back because we didn't think we're pretty enough, we're smart enough, we're... Any of those things that all of us have, those crazy scenarios running in our head, then we can't help the people that need us exactly as we are today. 
Absolutely. No, I love that. And it took a long time for me to get over that and to not go into a room and think, oh, that speaker's probably better than me because they're four sizes smaller than me, you know? <laughs> and, and it's ridiculous. When you say it out loud, it is ridiculous. But- I know, but we all think it. We all think it. Like we're there to make an impact with our message. And so many of us both men and women. I used to think yeah. it was just women, but you know, speaking to a lot of successful people, and I'm still a stylist for a handful of people, including Amy Porterfield. I've been working yeah. with her for the past year, but most of my clients are men. And so it's not just reserved for women. We all have these doubts, mm-hmm. but we allow to focus our energy on all those negative outcomes, the what ifs, the judgment, mm-hmm. and people just need to hear our message. They need to see us exactly as we are. We need that diversity. If everyone looked exactly the same in a size two, yeah, that would be so boring. And what I love about the online marketing space, what I love about video, what I love about podcasts, what I love about the bloggers and Instagram and Facebook and everyone sharing their voice our voice is what's important. I don't care if you do it through live video or recorded video, YouTube, podcast. We have to put ourselves out there because what we have to say matters. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So let's focus on the live video because yeah. that's such good information, such good stuff that you said there. So if I'm sat there, now one of the questions and one of the things I was thinking about asking you is, you know, why we should do live video. But I think I think most people understand the power of live video. Do you want to touch on that at all? Absolutely. I still think people don't fully understand how important it is. Yeah. So yeah, tell us then, if they're sat there thinking, I shouldn't do it, it's probably not that great. Why should they do it? (laughs) You know, it's not brand new anymore. It's been around for at least a little over four years. It's, you know, got really big because of Periscope, but it was only about three years ago that Facebook introduced live video. And now this year in 2019, depending on when people are listening to the podcast, mm-hmm. you know, they're bringing it, it's now available on YouTube. LinkedIn is beta testing it right now. Mm-hmm. It's not going away. It is a vital component for brand building. It is a vital component for your overall social media strategy. And the reason why I say that is because regardless of what it is that you are selling, that you are offering, how you create revenue in your business, that whether you do live launches or you're a service-based business, you are holding yourself back. You are holding the growth of your business. You are holding back on the impact that you will make by not doing live video. And it's not doing live video for the sake of live video. I use live video today very differently than when I started four years ago. Mm-hmm. Today, it is all about the strategy. It is about the strategic ways that we can build and grow who we can impact, the engagement that we get with the right audience. I'm never going to be the person, the coach that tells you that you need legions of fans. I don't, I can't even, I, I am not one of those people that even loves the word influencer. In fact, it makes me cringe. Me too. We all have influence. We don't have to be influencers yeah. to have influence. And you don't need millions or even hundreds of thousands of followers and fans and subscribers to do that. But what we can do is use the power of live video 
to get far greater reach and to have more successful launches with whatever it is that you offer because you're putting yourself out there just like your friend that had the, the sideways video. Do yeah. you know that most of my students start off with the sideways video? I want them to experiment <laughs> and experience that, that you can survive even when you're sideways. And then a hundred videos later, not if, but when you get to a hundred videos later and you're crushing it on your videos and you're showing up with confidence that we can look back and laugh the way that I can look back and laugh at my first video. And it proves to you that you're not going to die. No. The power of live video when it comes to marketing and growing your business and making the impact, there is no greater way to do that. And if you look at any successful entrepreneur, anyone that you look up to where you're like, wow, I don't want to become them, but I love what they're doing. I don't want to copy them, but I do want to see and you know reverse engineer what's working for them. There is nobody out there, regardless of how they're launching, whether it's with webinars or email marketing, um, videos or whatever the heck, however they're doing it, challenges. Every single one of those people are using live video in some capacity or in huge capacities mm. to be able to get more successful launches. And that's what I coach people on. And, and you're right. When I think about it, even if it's not their main thing, so like, you know, take the likes of James and, and Jasmine and Amy and all those, even if it's not their, their standard thing that they do week in, week out, like I do the podcast week in, week out, or you might do a blog week in, week out. Even if it's not that, they're still using it and utilizing it. Now, Jasmine does do a live every week, but she does it... Every single week she does. On Instagram, doesn't she? Um, she does it on both. And you know, we're in the same mastermind group. And even the you know the Instagram experts, even though she's kind of transitioning to more of like just a more broader social media yeah. expert, which she is. But if you really look at what everyone's doing, the Jasmine Stars and the Amy Porterfield, Amy is known for webinars. We all want to be known for one thing. I'm known for live video. I do a lot of things, but people know when they... And this is what a personal brand is. And people get so mixed up on this. How would somebody describe what you do if you were not in the room? And if someone could not simply easily describe what you do in one short, concise sentence, your brand is blurry. And we do not want blurry brands. That is not what sells and converts and creates success. So we know that like Jasmine Starr, she is an Instagram expert. Mm. but she's also very savvy and brilliant and smart. And so she still does a weekly Facebook Live. And for those of you who are like, why would an Instagram expert still do a weekly Facebook Live? Why would they even do Facebook when everyone is jumping on the Instagram bandwagon because it's so sexy and the place to be? The place that's the sexy thing to be isn't always the thing that is going to actually build your business. And what you personally love to do, love to do isn't necessarily what's going to work to build your business for your audience. Mm. And so if you look at someone like Jasmine Starr, she's doing live videos, not just to serve, but of course it's going to help lower her ads costs because yeah. Facebook, which owns Instagram, it helps to have organic reach on your page when you do video. And then when it comes time to do your launches and it comes time to run ads, you will not only have custom audiences that are based on those video views, but having engagement on your business page on Facebook will lower your ad costs across the board. So that's why we do consistent video. That's why we show up on live video. Yes, we want to build our audience. Yes, we want to serve. But the other amazing byproducts of that is that our ads costs will be lowered. And guess what? Ads 
are never going to get cheaper. They're always going to rise year after year. Every six months, they go up. They're just going to get more expensive. If I can buy stock and Facebook ads, I would. <laughs> but this is how I have kept my, my ads cost when we do launches way below industry standard, way bef- below what most people pay. And that is because I have so much engagement, consistent engagement on my page. And I do that primarily through video. Okay. So I've got a couple of questions based on what you just said. So firstly, when you say reduce your ad costs, is that across varying different ads or is that across the video ads? Or if you are then advertising the live? Any ads. I mean, it really affects your ads because Facebook favors the people that are doing live video still to this day. And, you know, like I said, there's a lot of people who are starters, but there's very few people who are finishers that are consistently doing video. And all of my students who are consistently doing video at least once a week, just once a week, just like you have your podcast once a week, that they are doing that to not only keep the engagement high on their page, And Facebook rewards people who do video with engagement, with organic reach. And everyone's complaining about that there's no more organic reach that you have to pay to play. And that's not entirely true. And when you do pay to play, you will be rewarded with lowered ad costs because number one, you can retarget all of the people who watched your video to any length of time. You can experiment with someone who watched as little as three seconds, which is not going to be as effective as someone who watches 25%, 50%, 100% of your videos. They're really into your stuff. And not just that, you can create look-alike audiences based on the people who watch your videos. So what most people do when they run ads is they only have the option of looking at people creating audiences based on website traffic. Or maybe you have a customer list. If you have at least 100 customers, you can create a a lookalike audience based on that. But the only other options outside of that, if you're not doing video, is, oh, I think my ideal customer follows Marie Forleo and follows James Wedmore. And you're targeting the same people that everyone else is targeting. And everyone else is launching at the same time you are. And guess what's going to happen? Your ad costs are going to be astronomical. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're competing against everyone else and that's how ads work. It's a competition. Mm -hmm. It's a bidding process. So with the live video, Mm -hmm. how important is it that, and I know this is a ridiculous question because the one thing I say all the time is consistency is super important, but would you rather, so obviously I have my podcast and if I, would I be better off saying I'm going to do a live video as well and I'm going to do it every week Or is it just, would you rather I just did some live video? Is it really important to do that consistency weekly thing? Or is it just important to do some? Yeah, it's so definitely consistency in my definition is at least once a week. Yeah. But on top of that, once someone, if someone's brand new, there is a process where I always tell my students, you're not supposed to be good your goal is to suck less every single day. <laughs> and I know that Perfect. just sounds crazy and crass and ridiculous. No, but that's the truth. That's right. Yeah. I don't even want you to be good. I mean, I'm, I've coached thousands of people and I know this works. And when we try to be Jasmine Starr from the first day that you show up, that's not going to happen. Let's no, just she wasn't Jasmine Starr the first day she showed no, up. None of us <laughs> were. I wasn't who I am the first yeah. time. I do fancy schmancy videos now, yeah. but I didn't start that way. And I've done, we lost count. I've done over 1200 videos easily. Crazy. 
and it's, it's a mastery, just like learning how to play an instrument, or I'm sure your first podcasts are nothing like the ones that you do now, right? We I'm, all get I'm to- I'm too scared to listen. <laughs> <laughs> right? But it's growth. You yeah. cannot get worse at something that you practice at, whether it's playing a sport, an instrument, Facebook Live, or a podcast. Yeah. But if you did one live video a week, and if you if your main traffic uh, traffic driver, we all as personal brand businesses, we want one central traffic driver. Whether it's Instagram or live video or live video on Instagram, there's not as many benefits for live video on Instagram. It still only lasts 24 hours. You can't build custom audiences from it and you can't retarget those audiences. So while yes, it's great for serving the audience you have, to me, it's secondary. Even though I have far more followers on Instagram and I can feel super popular and fancy over there, my business, my million dollar business is built on Facebook where I'm less popular, but I make a bigger impact. But getting back to what your original question was, doing consistent video, after that initial hump of sucking less every single day, which is the goal. That is literally what I teach my students to do the first couple of weeks. Let's just suck less if you're brand new to it. Until one day, you actually start loving it. Yeah. I see it in my students' eyes. Something clicks. And it usually happens really quickly. When you do five, when you do 10 videos, as little as five or 10 videos, it happens. And then you work on it. It's like little baby steps. You improve. Now let's do the next level. Now we're going to really focus on our messaging. And as you know, focusing on our messaging, whether it's copy, written copy, or the the messaging in our podcasts or videos, we're never going to stop working on that. We're always going to improve on it. I'm always working on that. So that's that next phase of, okay, now that we're sucking less, let's actually start working on being great. And so that's the next phase, working on our messaging. And that's going to be pretty much forever until your business, until you're not in business. We're always working on that. But doing that, that is what's going to grow your business. So it's a combination at that point of consistency and quality. Yeah. So, okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate and I'm going to give you the excuses that I'm sure you hear every single day. Throw them at me. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have people saying to you, they can't do Facebook lives. They can't do live video because one, they're terrified. Two, they don't have the equipment. Three, they don't know what to say. Four, what if no one turns up? So just thinking of kind of thinking around those points, what would your advice be to them? It is a blessing that no one's going to show up and they're not, (laughs) unless you already have a massive audience or you are building your business, you know, you're coming in with an audience, whether it's through a blog or your Instagram or your Facebook, yeah. I came in with a little bit of an audience because I bit, I had been building my business through a blog and social media prior to doing video. Yeah. But I literally had like three people watching, then 10 and then 15. And then, you know, people share. That is what's beautiful about social media. When you're doing something well, we want people to share. And so I was able to grow it that way. But in the beginning, when you're working on just sucking less, it is a blessing to not have an audience it's your practice time. And so you can, it's a choice. Everything is a perspective and a choice. You can look at it as, oh my gosh, I'm not really great at what I'm doing. And it's a blessing that I don't have too many people watching because I get to practice and I get to do those sideways, sideways videos. I get to figure out the nuances of how the app works. And as far as equipment goes, that's an excuse. And I want to call anybody out on that because you can create a million dollar business with your mobile phone. 
So you can go live. You don't need any fancy equipment. I don't use anything fancy. I don't use a DSLR. Yeah, you could do it that way. But I think that people, not I think, I know. I know that when people focus on all the fancy equipment and all the things that do not matter in the beginning or even now... The things that matter is that you show up consistently, that your video quality is nice and crisp. More importantly, they can see you clearly. They can hear you clearly. You want good Wi-Fi connection or if you can hardwire to a laptop, all those things that I teach in my course. But you don't need any of that to start. You just need a good, clear connection and that thing that's probably in your hand right now, your phone. So that's that's as much as you need to start. And we all have that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think... Like you said, with live video, the beauty of live video and why it's so good for everybody is that whether you're Gary Vaynerchuk or whether you are Mr. Smith starting and doing your first ever live video with your small business and your audience of two, it doesn't matter that it looks the same way. They look the same way. No one expects it to be polished or they expect to see you and they expect to hear you. And obviously you need to make sure that, you know, and that's not hard to do. Go to a window, make sure your phone's close enough, get a lapel mic even, but you you don't even need that in the first days because it's close enough. But like I said, you know, you've got Gary Vaynerchuk going live and doing things literally as authentically as he does. And he's massive. Like he has a crew following around. Whereas if you're going to do YouTube videos, if you're going to do podcasts, you know, they take some editing, they take some putting together, they take some planning a little bit more, maybe in the sense of you've got to set up all your equipment and and record it and go and edit it and whatever. Whereas the beauty of the live, which is why it's such a shame that more people don't embrace it, is the fact that you literally can just go live. Hiya, I'm live. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and that's no different to how Gary Vaynerchuk would do it, you know, or for anybody, you know, it's, it's a case of we're all the same when we do a live video. Yeah. The barrier of entry for live video or any kind of any way that you can build your business and create engagement and grow your traffic, all the things that you mentioned, live video is the easiest to start today. Yeah. It's absolutely the easiest. You don't have to have an editor. You don't have to have fancy equipment. We all have a phone and that's all you need to start. And so a lot of people might feel like it's too late to start or, you know, everyone started this four years ago or three years ago. It's too late for me. And that's not true. I mean, it's absolutely not true of any kind of video, whether you're doing live or recorded. My focus is on live video and I I still don't love doing recorded video to this day. I do because I, you know... Like in my courses I do, but I avoid it as much as I can. I love what we do in my business. And we've been doing this a ton. ton, It's our main focus right now is to take my live videos and we repurpose them so that we started on IGTV and it's exploded our engagement. And you would never know the way that we edit them by just taking small sound bites that when we repurpose my live videos, it just looks like a recorded video but I did the work one time. Yeah. And so that's another beautiful outcome of doing live video that it's not just that live video that lives one time. You can repurpose it. You can mm-hmm. share it on your stories. You can put it on IGTV with a little bit of editing so that it is, so that makes sense for that specific yeah. platform, the expectations of that platform, whether it's Instagram or LinkedIn or YouTube, that you can take that one piece of content that you did one time 
And then let's make 18 more pieces of content out of it. You can repurpose it to your blog. You can pin it to Pinterest. You can do so many things by starting with that first initial piece of content, which is the live video. And this is exactly what my students do. And it creates like that circular virality. That's what Brendan Burchard calls it by taking one piece of content and putting it onto other platforms where it can continue to grow and expand. Yeah. Yeah. And that is such a good point. And for something that, like I said, there's no setup, there's no anything. So yeah, someone sat there thinking, I'm going to, I want to start this. I've been meaning to start it, but they literally just can't hit the button. Yeah. What's your advice for kind of getting started the practical stuff? You know what? So many people, you're not alone. And please don't ever think that you're the only person that feels that way. There are still so many people to this day, even though live video is not new. There are so many people who they know, just like when I started, that I had this little inkling of an idea that I had this, just maybe something could be bigger than what I'm doing today, that I can make a bigger impact. Fast forward to four years later, if I had a crystal ball, I couldn't even predict that I'd be doing what I'm doing today. Like This is amazing. And I want people to focus on the amazing, amazing, wonderful outcomes that's possible, not the what if scenarios. So focusing on that, even if it's barely a, a glimmer of an idea like I had when I started, that's what drives me to do it with the fear. Because again, it's never going to, there's, there's never going to be that magical day where you wake up and all of a sudden all your anxiety and fears are gone. Mm. As business owners, if anything, we're going <laughs> to learn how to deal with it better. Yeah. <laughs> it's there. And we do, we do learn to do it better. And we get more evidence that we did it with the fear, that we thrived despite the fear. So do that first one. Don't have expectations. Your only expectation for yourself is the fact that you did it. Yeah. And that is everything. So what should they say? Like, is it, should they be treating it like a content such as a podcast? So should they go on their very first one thinking, right, today I'm going to talk about and talk for 30 minutes. Is, is that how they should approach it first? Or when you first teach people to, to actually click the button and go live, do you give them an easier task to start with? It's actually easier if you do two, two to five minutes of planning ahead of time versus just pushing the go live button yeah. and staring at the button and not having anything to say. I think that is what creates the anxiety. Yeah. A little bit of pre-planning goes a long way. So in your first few videos, don't wing it. Especially this, you know, nowadays where live video is not brand new, where, you know, four years ago, people did terrible videos, but it was new and we were all doing extra terrible videos. Yeah. So there is an expectation because it is it isn't brand new and so set yourself up for success and you do that by doing a little bit of pre-planning so when you jump on don't assume that people know who you are mm-hmm. just pretend you're having a conversation if it helps put a photo of your favorite client or your favorite your best friend something if it helps you this really helps it sounds goofy but like actually put a photo next to your phone of who you're speaking to or think about who it is that you're doing this for. Someone bigger than, a reason bigger than yourself. And then introduce yourself. A lot of people never introduce myself. I introduce myself every single time. Sometimes I forget, but I introduce myself every single time. I don't assume people know who I am. And then I do, I call it the signature statement. It's who you are, who you help, and how you do that. So it's really like your quickie elevator pitch 
but yeah. not so pitchy. It's just like, hey, this is what I do. My name is Tiffany Lee Bymaster, also known as Coach Glitter. And I am obsessed with helping online entrepreneurs create an engaged audience through the power of live video. I can tell you've said that once or twice. <laughs> once or twice, but I practice it and it has evolved. Oh my gosh, Teresa. I, it has evolved 900 bajillion thousand times. And that's because my messaging is always getting refined. And in the beginning, it is very normal for you to have very long, drawn out sentences trying to explain yeah. what you do because it is very normal in the beginning to not have that concise clarity. And also, you know, so many of us get so scared to niche down because we're amazingly talented, multi-gifted people who do lots of different things. But again, be known for one thing. And your live video topic can be about those many different things, the way that you serve your audience and your clients and your customers. But be known for one thing. Introduce yourself as clearly and concisely as you can. Again, your goal is to suck less every single time. But this is where practice, this is a practice game. This is where doing it over and over and over again, just like learning how to become a better speaker, learning to become a better podcaster, learning to do anything comes with that consistent practice. So you're doing this and you're going to introduce yourself and you're going to have one topic and one point. That's it. Mm -hmm. Keep it really short in the beginning. Keep it under five minutes. And you're learning a lot of things at once. You're learning to speak. You're learning to slow down. You're learning to like look at the camera lens and not at yourself because your eye line's going to be all jacked up yeah. if you do that. And I, I remember doing one of my first lives and I was messing with my hair the entire time because <laughs> so I was confident. looking at myself because I was like, oh man, that bit's sticking up. And then of course, depending on how you're doing the live, you could be reverse. So you put your hand yep. up one side and like, oh no, that's not the side. So <laughs> I wasn't even thinking about the fact that subconsciously I was messing with my hair. It's yeah. just, I could see myself and it was the most off-putting thing ever. Yeah. And you know what? When you know that you do that, you can correct it. Yeah. And it's easily correctable. And a lot of us are going to focus on, oh my gosh, how do you, why do I say, um, why do I say like, Yeah. and you can correct that. You're not supposed to be brilliant the first time you do it. So allow yourself the grace to suck and just get better every single time, which you will. Yeah. And the other thing that I've, whenever I like anybody's asked for any, and I don't do a lot of lives, I do a lot of lives in my group and it is something that I, the video thing really needs to I need to do more of, but I like consistency. So until I can absolutely nail it that I'm doing it every single week at a set time or a set day or whatever it might be, I'm not starting. But when I have done or when I've spoke about people doing lives, I've always said, I'll see whether you agree or disagree, but I've always said, be honest and say, do you know what? This is the first time I'm doing this. Let's give it a whirl. You know, because I think people are very forgiving. They're very forgiving of the fact of I'm trying this out. And yeah, and I tried a new system and I was doing a live and I was like, oh, actually I thought the system did this and it didn't. Okay. I'll learn that for the next time. So I, I think if you can just be honest and say, this is where I'm at with this, then I think most people are going to be like, oh yeah. Okay, cool. I get that. Yeah. I, I am not one of those people that preaches to fake it till you make it. I yeah. think that's BS. Mm -hmm. I think that we show up and we're really honest and we tell a story. You know, I'm always telling stories and people remember that everyone focuses on creating more content and how two steps and, and yeah. two minutes later, they're not going to remember a thing you said, but they will remember how you showed up authentically, how you made them feel. And so if it is your first one, it's up to you. Some people have the school of thought that you should show up like it's your hundredth video. Yeah. Instead of just saying, this is my first video and showing up really awkward and, mm -hmm. and 
not like you know what you're doing, especially because you're a business owner and you are an expert. And the big thing that I've really been focusing on this year and teaching my students is the difference between a launch that converts at 1% and a launch that converts at 7, 10% is not the content. It's in how you show up. Yeah. It's in the confidence that you have. And so I don't believe in faking it till you make it, but I do believe in literally brainwashing and reminding yourself that you are the expert, that you are the leading expert at what you do, even if you're in the most crowded space. And we all think we're in the most crowded space. <laughs> literally talk your brain into believing how magnificent you are and how amazing you are and that you are the leading expert. Showing up with that kind of confidence yeah. People are not going to invest in you if you show up with that energy that you don't believe yeah. you're the expert. Why would they inv- invest in you? Why would they you know, give you any of their hard-earned money if you have that lack of confidence and belief in what it is that you're promoting? And so when you show up for your videos, don't forget that you do know what you're talking about, that you are an expert at what you do. You're just doing it in a new medium. Yeah. For sure. It's like, I just literally talking to someone about this, about if someone walks up to you in the street and, and asked you a question or asked you to explain something, you would do that with ease. Like if you are an expert in your field or if you know what you're talking about and you've worked in that field, it would just roll off your tongue. In fact, you'd have trouble shutting me up. So yeah. doing that somewhere else. And I, the way I find it easier is I imagine I'm talking to that person. I imagine I'm yes. having the conversation. I don't think... I'm talking to a screen. I'm going to do it differently. I literally just talk as if you'd meet me in the street. And I, and I hope that that works for me and that my audience and, and they resonate with that. And and if they don't resonate with me in that, then that's fine. You know, not everyone's going to like everyone, are they? Not everyone's going to get on with everyone, you know, in terms of how they like to learn from them. But that fear of judgment, you're going to be judged anyway. So do you want to be judged for not showing up? Do you want to be judged for you know, not having a great business? Mm-hmm. Do you want to be judged for not making the impact that you know that you can make? Or will you show up and do it messy and ugly and let it get better? I would rather go with the latter. Yeah. I would rather be judged for at least trying. I would rather be judged because you're going to be judged anyways. Guess what? When you do this long enough, you literally, it's the craziest thing. I never thought I would get to this day. You'd stop caring what they think. Yeah. Because you're so driven by the people that you are impacting. That, that becomes so much louder than the naysayers or if you get the trolls and the haters. They have no effect on me now. It's crazy that I can say that. And I was yeah. someone who I would and, and our brains are made that way that we will focus on that one negative comment versus the hundreds of positive ones. It's yeah. just how we're built, but it becomes a choice when you start to reframe what you choose to focus on and you're going to be judged anyways. I would rather be judged for showing up, always prepared for showing up with energy and positive, you know, positive light and for wanting to make an impact and being unapologetic that I am not for everybody. And that is how it should be. Yeah. In the beginning, we want everyone to love us and like us. I am not for everybody. I am, my style is my style because I've been able to develop it and not try to be vanilla and, and blend in or be like so-and-so. I'm not like anybody else. 
And we want to stand thing. out. That's the craziest thing, yeah. right? And yeah, that's what makes us different. It's the only thing we've got going for us, really, you know, because like you said, there are a million of everybody in every industry. There is yeah. nothing that people can't Google. However, you know, it's you that makes the difference. That's the reason I was drawn to James's, you know, next level coaching group. That's the reason I would buy Amy's course. That's the reason because of them, their experience, the way they teach, the way they are, the way, and that's the thing, isn't it? It's, it's all about you. So if you try and go on and be someone else or be vanilla or just aren't your honest, authentic self. And I think from a live video point of view, that is the most raw, honest, authentic, I personally think someone can be because there's nowhere to hide on that. You're not editing it. You're not kind of presenting a certain thing. Like, you know, when people say, I, when I started off in my business, I was an agency and I was a small agency. I was just me for a little while. And then obviously grew the team, but it was a virtual team. And I used to come across other solo agency people who would put on their website, we this and we that and we the other and and I and make out that they're in this big office with all this team. And it's like, do you know what? I love the fact that I go on screen or I'm seen and I'm in my office at home and I can say I work from home because I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not that is exactly who I am, what I'm doing. And that's the same with live video, just embrace the fact that obviously what they see is what they get. And I, I like that. Absolutely. And, and the people who will get you, those are going to be your tried and your true. Those are the people that you get to serve. And it's however it is that you're showing up for the world, know that we're not supposed to be for everybody. Know that there is a great coach or someone that you follow. I mean, think about the people that you follow, all of your podcast listeners, you follow them for a reason and they're very different. And it doesn't mean that somebody else that you're not following is any lesser, that you just don't resonate with them. And so if you show up exactly as you are, who you are, with that confidence, that will grow over time. Confidence is not something we lead with. You're not going to have it in the beginning. Confidence is the byproduct of doing things scared and ugly and messy and realizing you survived anyways. And the beautiful thing about live video is that you will get better over time. Your business will grow because of your consistency with it. Your launches are going to be so much more successful. When I see people like, you know, I'm a coach in this level in that group that you're in, there's a huge difference, a clear differentiator between the people who have really successful launches, however you define the success. Yeah. But there is a huge difference between the people that I see who never do live video and then all of a sudden, they're going to do a launch that requires them to show up on video and live video. Yeah. And they're doing it for the first time. That is not the time. That is not the optimal time to do learn how to do video in the middle of lunch where you have so many other things happening. But the people who build that runway and my philosophy is when you're not in a launch, you're in your pre-launch. And I only launch twice a year. So in between my two launches that I do a year, I'm growing and engaging and building and serving my audience as if I'm getting ready for my launch because that's exactly what I'm doing the rest of the other six months. And that's why my launches are successful. And what's interesting is when I, uh, when I've launched in the past, I've launched with webinars and they've always been live. And I know, obviously I can have a green webinar and, and I know the process behind it. However, personally, the thing that I love about doing a webinar is that I get to answer people's questions and I get that interaction and that's exactly yeah. the same for live. So for me, that's why 
that's where the most help comes in because that's where the value is. If you get on a live with someone, like, you know, going back to Jasmine Starr is a good example. She brings people in, they get to ask her a direct question. If she didn't do that, how else would they ever get in front of her and get her to answer a direct question? So that's what I love about that. The fact the interaction allows you to, to go and answer someone's question, address that thing, have that two-way conversation, hear your audience. Whereas although the pod, you know, I do enjoy doing the podcast. I really like it, but obviously it's, it's a kind of almost a one-way thing in the sense of it's just sitting in someone's ears and I don't know what they're thinking when they're listening to it. So, or I can't go, what did you think of that bit type thing? So yeah, I love, I love the interaction. I think it's great. And I know that podcasting is so huge right now. It's just getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And there are amazing benefits of podcasts. People listen to them longer. They're literally in your in their ears, in your in their head, and they're listening to you. But I want to ask all of the people who are newer to podcasting who don't have big email lists and audiences, how are you driving traffic? to your podcast. Oh man. Podcast, it's one of the most difficult ways. You don't stumble upon a podcast. It's through nope. word of mouth. It's not on a social media platform where you can discover people. Mm-hmm. And the people that do really well typically already have a big following and email yeah. list when they begin it. So that's not to say that you can't grow your podcast and consistently get more downloads every single week. But what if you used the power of live video to dive in deeper, to have that two-way conversation about the topic that you released earlier that week on your podcast. And yeah. then you can take that live video and turn it into a, an ad, an engagement ad that will then not only build the engagement and audiences for retargeting on your Facebook, but also will drive traffic for very low cost to your podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I like it. You've, you've kind of inspired me and also made me think, oh gosh, this is a problem. It's like always, <laughs> think, damn, I know I should be doing that. I And this is the thing. We know, we know what the deal is. This is what I do day in, day out. And yet yeah. sometimes in, when you're in your own space, in your own bubble, in your own kind of getting on with stuff, you're like, oh, I'm missing an opportunity there. But you need to find a way that it's going to work because otherwise... Yeah they're not going to be consistent and they're not going to do it. And they're not, you know, it's not going to work for them. Because the other thing is that people will do things literally three times and go, nah, it didn't work. I'm going to give that Right. Those are the starters and not the finishers. And yeah. again, it, I've done over 1200 videos easily. I, we lost count a long time ago, but you mentioned you do go live in your groups. And I hear yeah. this a lot from a lot of business owners that they go live in their group. And I always ask them, well, why do you go live in your group? And they usually tell me it's because this is how I connect with whether it's a free group or you know, it's a paid group or a membership and it's how they set up their community on Facebook because Instagram doesn't have that. Yeah. And then I ask them, well, can't you create that same impact with your growing audience on your business page? So that you can yeah. get more people into your membership or your, your course or even your free community. I think what a lot of people do is they throw a lot of spaghetti at the wall. Yeah. They're trying to figure out what works and they're hopping from one thing to the next thing. 
And then we start to float through life and our business without having the intention of what we are doing every single week. And this again is where the confidence will derive from the pre-planning. So a lot of businesses, as they go from zero to five miles an hour, they're going to figure out what are their... I don't believe in being everywhere. I'm not on LinkedIn. I don't even know how it works. And that's not really where my ideal customers are at. I'm sure some of them are. But I focus on having two social media platforms. One that is your primary and then your secondary. And so every single week, we know exactly when we're going to post on Instagram and what we're going to post. We know on Facebook how often we're going live. In the beginning, when you're starting out, you want frequency and shorter videos. At this point, because I've been consistent every single week for four years. I don't go live every single day anymore like I used to. I go live at least once a week. I don't have a date, by the way. So that should be a huge relief for you because you mentioned I don't have a specific date or time. I typically go live either on Tuesdays or Wednesdays, usually around 4 p.m. Pacific. Yeah. I show up. And for me, I can't commit to the same day and time either as committed as I am to live video. But that's okay. It's okay. And a lot of us don't have a fixed time. Some people do and and they have a fixed time for their Facebook live show, as they call it. Yeah. But because it's live, unlike a podcast where it can drop on the same exactly. day and time. And where I can get it ready. So it doesn't matter where I am. Yes. It'll still come but out. It's, the okay. live it's okay. Sometimes I'm not around. And yeah, so it, I didn't think about that. There yeah. was me thinking I had to be consistent. In reality, my diary, you know, is never going to be that consistent where I can literally go, I need to be in the same place, same time every week for this one thing. But you can go live once a week. Yeah. You can go live once a week, um, with the exception, of course, when you're completely unplugged and on vacation. But that is when you can take your live video and you can create a watch party with a previous one that did really well, or you can repurpose it into a recorded video. Yeah, There's yeah. no excuses. And this right. is going to freak some people out or it's going to... Sh- There's two types of people when I say this. They're going to freak out or they're going to see nothing but opportunity. My goal is to have 70 to 80% video content on my Facebook page. When I do that consistently week after week, my Facebook ad costs get lowered even more. So if you currently look at your Facebook page, and I hope you have a Facebook page, not a personal page, yeah. but a business page, and you scroll through the past two, three, four weeks and look at how many quotes you have. If you want to become a quote business, that's not going to build your brand. <laughs> it's good for filler content. We do, I do it. We all do it. But how are you showing up? How do people know who you are? And the best way to do that and the fastest way to do that is through video. So my goal is to have not just live video, but all kinds of video, lots of repurposed videos, even Instagram stories that I repurpose for content on my, on my page on Facebook. Mm. But my goal is to have 70 to 80% video content. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. That's the goal. And the, the huge opportunity that most people don't have, but most people are not successful in their business. Yeah. And it's not that hard. No, it's it, honestly, when it comes to live video, it isn't, is it? And Tiffany, you've given us so much to think about, so much good advice. And, and a lot of it comes down to just be brave and just do 
you know, just do it and just think about where you want to get to because actually the mechanics of it are not massively difficult. And that's not the bit that's stopping people usually. The the bit that's stopping them is they're terrified and they think people are going to judge me, people are going to do this. But it sounds like obviously your Facebook page is a fantastic place to go and see this happen, see what it looks like. And obviously people are going to go there and they're going to, I can't do that because you've been doing it a long time and they need to remember that. And sometimes with like Instagram, I know that like, if you, you know, listen to some Instagram people, they're like, literally scroll back to the very beginning. It was dire. Like, go check that out. Uh-huh. If you've got the time, go back <laughs> and find it. Cause I tell you, it was awful. So I don't want people coming to the page thinking, Tiffany yeah. does an amazing job. I, I want them to go and just see what it could look like and see how it might be. So obviously I'm going to hook up to everything in the show notes, but Tiffany, thank you so very much. I feel like you've inspired me and I hope you've inspired my audience to go out there and just give it a whirl. Absolutely. I would love for your audience, if you got any value out of this, what specifically helped you, I would love that feedback. You can always... I love DMs on Instagram. This is how I use my Instagram. You can always screenshot that you're listening to this podcast. You can DM me. I'm Coach Glitter everywhere. So super easy to, to find me. But you know, again, it's not about Instagram or Facebook. It's how you can implement those two powerful platforms if it's right for your ideal customer. And for me, Facebook number one, secondary is Instagram. But to connect through DMs, that's where Instagram is really powerful. So it's not one or the other. It's how you can synergistically use them together without creating overwhelm in your business. And for me, it's super easy, streamlined by focusing on my once a week Facebook Live, which is what I have worked up to now. Mm -hmm. And then streamlining what I do by repurposing a lot of that content to Instagram. Like go check out my IGTV. We've just started doing that really consistently at the time of this recording. We're about six weeks in. So every single week we have a new video and those are all repurposed live videos. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so, so much, Tiffany. I've loved having you on. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a fun conversation. So what did you think? Are you all desperate to go out there and do a live video? Because Honestly, I really hope you are more motivated. And if you were sat there thinking, I'm never going to do a live video, I hope by now you're sat there thinking, do you know what? I might. Because honestly, everybody's first thing is never going to be as good as it is today. So you can only get better by doing it. So I urge you, urge you to go and do a live video. And you know what? If you do, I would love, 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 love you to tag me and Tiffany into it let's see, let's see the difference we can make and she can make by giving you that inspiration to do it. And honestly, the stats are there. It really, really does work. And like I said, I really enjoyed that episode. It was so lovely to chat to her. She was so very generous with her time and her thoughts and ideas around that. So I really hope you've enjoyed this episode. Next week, I'm back with a solo episode. I'm not going to lie. I don't know what it's going to be on yet. I am just about to work that out because I think I'm just about to record it. But the week after that, I have got a rock star interview for you. I have got the amazing Michael Hyatt coming up. Honestly, interviewing him was phenomenal. This guy is huge and very smart, very successful. So that one is going to be a great one. Like I said, that's in two weeks time, uh, solo in between. So anyway, I will see you here next week. Have a fab week until then. Thank you so much for listening to the Marketing That Converts podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, then I would love it so very much if you were happy enough to head over to iTunes and give me a review. 